1: well welcome thursday october 20th 2022 we're dispensing with the opening monologue because we have a great uh public servant about to be joining us and that is blake masters our candidate for u.s senate you can check out his website and help him out at blake com. it's not really helping him out it's helping our country out blake masters welcome back how are you sir
2: great to be with you seth feeling good you know 19 days left to save this state and save this country, but we've got the momentum, we've got the energy. We're the underdogs, absolutely, but I dare say we're going to win this thing.
1: Yeah, the polls have really tightened up nicely, haven't they, sir?
2: They have, you know, and that's if you believe the polls. Yeah, There's right, a high, right. <laughs> high ground poll had me down two and a half, Trafalgar just had me down one. And I think, you know, they're trustworthy pollsters, but Robert Cahaly at Trafalgar, for instance, yeah. he's open in admitting, hey, maybe I'm missing some of the they call it the shy Trump voter, That's right? right? Well, yeah. you've got Biden on TV saying, if you supported Trump, if you believe in a border wall, well, you're a threat to democracy.
1: You you're might even semi-fascist. be a semi fascist, my gosh.
2: And so I know a lot of hardcore Republicans who, when they get a call from a pollster, thank you very much. No, they're not about to confess right. their whole political opinion to a stranger. And so I think even the honest polls might really be missing uh, all this enthusiasm that I'm seeing every day on the ground. Uh, from Republicans and independents in Arizona.
1: Oh, I know you are. I know you're seeing it. And I think that that thesis is probably right. Uh, if there is a Republican undercount and you're already within a point and certainly the margin of error, yeah, I, I think I think you have every reason and we have every reason to feel really good and energetic about this race. Of course, no one wants complacency. Take nothing for granted. Everything matters. You made an interesting point. I always like to remind the audience about this sort of thing. You said saving our state, saving our country. That's right. Arizonans vote for you. But you know, you're, you're you're going to office. You're going to Washington to vote on things that affect more, more than just Arizona, right? I mean, foreign policy, national policy. It's a weird thing about our local federal system.
2: Well, that's right. You know, my job is to represent Arizona and Arizonans in the U.S. Senate. But of course, as a senator, I'll be voting on matters of federal law. Yeah. You know, should we send forty, fifty, sixty billion dollars to Ukraine? Well, Seth, I don't think so at this point, right? It's a matter of priorities. How about we find some money to secure our own border first? Yeah, on right? that so point,
1: yeah, on that very point, it just seems so incongruous to me, Blake, that your opponent, Mark Kelly, thinks that the border in Ukraine is far more important than the border in the state in which he lives.
2: Doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense from an America First perspective, you know? And look, I've condemned Putin's invasion. Sure. I think Putin's a, a murderer and a madman, right? Um, but... We've also got a wide-open southern border here, and millions of people are coming right through it, including known terrorists. We catch some of them, but man, imagine how many get away. And fentanyl is coming through our southern border, and it's killing young people, not just in Arizona, all throughout our country. Biden and Mark Kelly, they've turned every single county in America into a border county. This wide-open southern border, it's a travesty, and it needs to stop. So, Look, there's a lot of problems in the world, and we need to prioritize and I don't think that Mark Kelly has done that. He's voting for all this funding uh, for for Ukraine, and you can have a debate about that. What you can't debate is that you don't have a country if you don't have a border. And the dereliction of duty from Mark Kelly, from Joe Biden at our southern border, that alone, I think... Uh, is reason enough for Mark Kelly to lose his job in November? He's just not doing a good job for the people in Arizona.
1: No, that's right, and 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 even for those people that that may think or may buy the moderacy that he is trying to sell. Uh, through his campaign ads and campaign literature, um, he, his first vote will be for Chuck Schumer. Uh, his, his, his party is the party that, you know, uh, endorses the most radical stuff we've seen. And by the way, on that fentanyl stuff, I don't hear him talking about fentanyl. I hear you talking about it all the time. The DEA just today said it's the most deadly drug crisis we've ever faced. And Arizona's become, you're right, the national drug dealer of it.
2: That's ground zero here. And where has Mark Kelly been? You know, he's been in office almost two years. It's been a problem for a long time. But he's been radio silent yep. on Sentinel. Yep. In fact, he was radio silent about it. Get this. Until two weeks ago, I had a debate with Mark Kelly. Yep. And I was happy to, to, you know, hold him accountable to his agenda, really. Yep. But he was radio silent on Sentinel right up until the week of that debate. Yes. One month before Election Day, finally, he was reading his polls. He realized, uh-oh, Blake's on my heels we better pretend to do something about fentanyl so he came out with a press release and he came out with some performative legislation that he w- wouldn't even work hard to pass out of committee and it's like sorry man that's too little too late you don't actually care you've rubber stamped biden's open borders policies and as a result we've lost more than 2000 people to fentanyl poisoning in the last 12 months in Arizona mostly young people yeah. often teenagers often children yep. so it's too little too late he doesn't care I do. He's not going to secure the border. I will.
1: Bless you, Blake, for saying it and putting it that way, and and that has been true of Mark Kelly's every position. I mean, who knew he was such a staunch supporter of getting serious about the border until about two weeks before your debate, and I saw those ads. I, I thought he was missing an action for two years. No one could get him to say anything about it. And yes, the border generally, our sovereignty generally, the crime generally, the fentanyl problem and the drug problem generally. I mean, you know, you cannot have a politician who runs as a conviction politician when they discover the issues that we've been talking about yelling about screaming about for two and three years when he's getting into it two and three months before the election
2: well it's just so dishonest right yep so dishonest all of a sudden he's he i saw a tv ad where Mark kelly said i stand up to joe biden i stand up to my party and i'm like really When?" when How? Not one. Yeah. At least Senator Cinema does that.
1: That's
0: right. Cinema.
2: Right. Right. I think she's too left wing. You know, I'd rather have a conservative Republican. But sure. look, if you have to have a Democrat, you want it to be Cinema because at key times on the filibuster, on stopping the crazy three trillion dollar Build Back Better bill, she told Chuck Schumer to go pound sand. Yep. Chuck Schumer uh, clearly does not own Senator Cinema. That's right. Chuck Schumer owns Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly does exactly what chuck schumer says i think that must have been the deal they made you know it's it's a huge arizona that represents new york or chuck schumer's
1: interest yeah i agree with you and it is kind of an interesting national conversation which uh which is the actual proving the theoretical here whenever there's a crazy democratic piece of legislation or effort in the united states senate and people are saying well what will ex-democrat do or what will y democrat do it's not ever about mark kelly it's as you put it about west virginia and the other senator from arizona no one really ever in the national conversation when it comes down to the vote thinks of mark kelly as on the fence he is every time a safe bet for the democratic party's extremism
2: that's right wouldn't it be nice to wonder which way is senator kelly going to go you don't have to wonder because he's a rubber stamp for this failed, failed agenda
1: um, Blake, y- you know you know a lot about a lot, and one of the areas that I, I so admire your, your, your smarts on has to do with matters economic matters, financial matters business let 's talk for a moment if I can about energy. Um, I I don't know if it's malfeasance or misfeasance or nonfeasance. When I see Joe Biden tapping into our strategic energy reserve, our strategic petroleum reserve, the way he is doing now, he has depleted it to one of its lowest points. And it seems so very obvious what he's doing. And so many people just look at him and say, oh, OK, well, it's not really about the election. He's just doing this because he cares about energy and the economy. If he did, he wouldn't have made the decisions he did on day one. He's caused a problem that he's now, you know, he's, he, 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 he creates solutions to the problems he's caused. And I don't think the solution's going to last that long. And I don't think it's going to put us in worse shape.
2: That's exactly right. And, you know, I think it's backfiring, though. I think people are waking up to what Biden's doing. They declared war on American energy, right? They declared war on oil and gas. Well, this country is still mostly powered by oil and gas. And so when they did that, by canceling the Keystone Pipeline, right, by forbidding new oil and gas exploration, by layering new regulations on domestic energy producers, they made energy artificially expensive. Yeah. They took gas from $2 to $6. Now they won a prize because it's back in the fives in Maricopa County, mostly because Biden, like you said, is compromising our national security by desperately selling oil out from our strategic reserve. It's a desperate bid to just depress the price of gas so that they can possibly have a chance of winning the midterms. Uh, They cause a problem. Then they cause a bigger problem trying to sell out this country just so he can... Can possibly not get clobbered. I mean, it's really unforgivable. And uh, I, I just, people talk to me about it every day. People are waking up, Seth. I'm telling you, people are I seeing know. through this. I know. And they're not buying the propaganda anymore. It's not going to work.
1: I know. And there's something really self- diminishing self-effacing uh, embarrassing let's just call it what it is there's something quite embarrassing when we have to yoke our energy needs to the reliance of people in saudi arabia and venezuela governments of saudi arabia and venezuela there is something about that that is so diminishing i mean if you want if you want the uh, the, the the opposite of american greatness that's it <laughs> yoking yourself to saudi arabia and the whims of venezuela right. Yeah.
2: Look, if you were trying to destroy the country, I'm not sure what you'd be doing That's all that differently right. than what Biden's doing. That's right. It's, it's America last reliably, right?
1: No, absolutely. It's, right.
2: It's, you got to give them credit, man. I mean, they're, they're just pursuing this. America last. I don't know why. I think it's evil. I think it's horrible. It's destructive. But they're really effectively dismantling everything we know and love about this country. Look at the damage they've done in the last 21 months. This is why we have to rise up. Stop them right now and send a message to the Democrats in charge. What you've been doing for the last 21 months is not okay. That's right. We, the people of Arizona, we, the people in America, we're not going to take it anymore.
1: A recession is when, uh, if I can riff off Ronald Reagan, a recession is when Mark Kelly has his job. The recovery will be when Blake Masters. Places him, Blake Masters. You are just you doing him. a great job. Blakemasters.com is the website. Sir, I uh, always feel guilty about having you on because I want you out there and I want you busy, but my audience loves you and I do too, sir. So go get them. I appreciate it. Onward to victory. Thank you, you Seth. You betcha, Blake. I'm Seth Leapson, 602 5080 960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you're worried about stock market volatility, I have an investment opportunity for you. I should say my friends y Refi have an investment opportunity for you in a portfolio with a strong fixed rate of return and no correlation to the market. It's a great investment. It's secure. It's all in a secure and collateralized portfolio with an up to ten and a quarter percent return for investors. And your investment can be in a trust, it can be an IRA, it can be a joint investment, it can be an individual investment. Y Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great guys. I know them well, who do really well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of that too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y R E F Y dot com. Or give them a call at 855 316 That's 855 316 They will never give you a sales pitch. They just like talking about what they do. And they let it speak for itself. Holding down our Atlanta affiliate is Keith. Hello, Keith. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Seth? I'm doing just fine. What's, uh, what's it looking like in Georgia these days?
3: I will say this much. I usually early vote.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
3: but when i early vote you have to wait a little bit there's i just went in and out i live in one of hank johnson i'm in hank johnson's district
1: is that the guy who thought the island could sink
3: yes no he didn't say it could sink he said it would capsize tip over that's
1: right that's right that's right that's right okay okay right
3: he's he's really a a piece of
1: yeah he's something Mm -hmm.
3: and um well, there's, there's just no enthusiasm among the Democrats. I can say this right now early on when I see, the, you know, they may not go out and vote Republican, but they just have no enthusiasm to go vote after they see that their party is just doing nothing for them and making worse for everybody else. You know, one of these days the people in these major cities like Chicago, they're going to say, I, I, I'm just not even going to vote Democrat. I'm yeah. just not going to vote anymore. I, they, yeah. they they've had this city for so many years and they do nothing. Yeah, and and, and I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I watched the Herschel Walker debate. He did okay. He's not. He beat expectations but,
1: for sure, right?
3: Yeah, they had low. Uh, the people had uh, concerns about him, but you know what? He passed it because not not just because the low bar, but because. He talks genuine. Yeah. He speaks he is not Warnock is slick and yep. he's he hides behind it. He never and, and one thing Herschel Walker pinned down on him. You see that? He's a slick person from Washington. Uh-huh. He doesn't even answer the questions. Yeah. He just keeps talking. Yeah. And, and 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 the crowd really laughed at it. But you know what I what I want to say is one thing I was disappointed in Herschel Walker, and this is an argument that for Blake Masters as well. Look at Warnock and Kelly. Both only had to serve two years, and and they they went radical with Joe Biden. That's right. What are they going to do when they don't they don't have to answer to the constituents for six years?
1: No, that's a they really gonna, good point.
3: I mean, if they you would think for two years they would have behaved themselves, just to side a little bit with Biden. And, and you got to give uh, Sena a credit there. I'm not a fan of hers, but she. She's going to be very tough to beat for that very reason, because she has stood up to Joe Biden. Kelly hasn't. Warnock hasn't either.
1: No, that's right. Um, You know, it's um, it's you. you, You're blessed. You're blessed with with a lot of attention in Georgia right now. And it's highlighting the Democratic Party's extremism from precincts that the moderates have tried to embrace, whether it was Warnock. Or your or your other prize over there, Stacey Abrams, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, now, her. now, she broadcasts every time she goes on television. She broadcasts uh, broadcasts misinformation, disinformation on public health issues of public health. This has become her thing. She's also an election denier. Uh, <laughs> I just I just think it's important that we realize whether you're listening in Georgia. Or whether you're listening in Illinois or whether you're listening here, that you vote for the Democratic Party, that's what you're voting for. You're voting for, I don't care how much you convince yourself that cinema or mansion represent the party. They said that about Joe Biden. They said that about Joe Biden. They said it about Warnock. They say about all these people, and then they get in there and they go with the party. The party is a wholly owned. Stock, lock, and barrel precinct of the progressive Marxist left. That's what the party is. I don't care what they try and say in their campaign ads. When the cameras of the real interviews are on and they really think think that they have uh, free reign to speak from their heart rather than a scripted message that their campaign consultants tell them they need to say for the voters, when they default to uh, their, their, their native positions and their native thinking... You hear liberal Marxist progressive crud. Now, you make another interesting point, Keith, and it's this. At some point, the people get so fed up with it. You know, I worry about which direction they go. You tell me. I don't know if you've seen some of these videos. Uh, There's now been two rallies or, I guess, two town halls that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has held in New York. Have you seen some of the footage where half or more of the room is opposing her and shouting her down?
3: I have. Yeah. The
1: the reason I don't play much of that audio and celebrate it is you got to understand. Listen to those rooms. Read that room. Those rooms are to the left of her. They're upset with her that she's not left enough. You know, you and I see her and see Democratic Socialists of America. They see her and they see sellout. We do have a big left wing problem in this country is all I'm trying to say, I guess.
3: It's true. It's true. But, you know. Well, the problem I have with the left is this: they leave California, they move into Arizona, and they still vote that way. It's and so, true. It's true. It, it's 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 just like socialism. Everywhere they go, they say, "Well, try it. We'll get it. We'll get it right our time. Yeah, we'll we'll get it right." And when they destroy another nation and it collapses, somewhere along the line, it's going to get done right. No, it won't get done right. Let me tell you something: what works. Freedom. yeah because I have a caller here taught authority. me
1: a great phrase. you'll like this, Keith. see if I can get it. I haven't heard it or used it in a while, but it was a great phrase. He said there is no level of failure Marxist Leninism can represent that will keep the, that 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 will dissuade socialists and the left from trying it again, just as there is no level of success of capitalism and freedom that will ever convince them to support our side. Um, These people are ardent. They are hardened. They are ideologues. They are demagogues. They have created of and for themselves majorities here and there. This is our turn to put them back into a permanent minority. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Liebson Show. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, gave an interview to Punchbowl News that was published yesterday. Here's what she said about the economy. Quote, inflation's an issue, but it's global. It's global. What's the Republican plan? They ain't got nothing. When you bring down unemployment, inflation goes up. So in any case, President Joe Biden brought unemployment down, cut it in half. Inflation is there, but it's global and not as bad as it is in some countries. We'll have to message it better in the next three weeks ahead, but I think we're in great shape. Other people don't want to believe that. Um, They don't want to believe it because every sentence is false. Our friends at Issues and Insights break it down. Let's talk about it being global. The U.S. inflation rate is worse than 13 of the G20 nations, a majority of the G20 nations, are doing better than us. Canada's has been steadily declining since June and several European countries are suffering higher prices thanks to their decision to impose clean energy mandates that Joe Biden wants to import. Energy costs in Germany, for example, were up 44 percent last month. In any case, telling people everybody's suffering so don't feel bad is not exactly a winning message. Then there's this uh, rewriting of economic law. When you bring down unemployment, inflation goes up. It's flat out false. Under Trump, the unemployment unemployment rate dropped from 4.7% to 3.5%, while inflation remained totally steady. In fact, every sustained decline in unemployment since 1980 shows unemployment and inflation declining. Only under Biden do we see prices skyrocket. As unemployment rates decline. In fact, the closest comparison to what's happening today is what the country suffered under Jimmy Carter, where unemployment was flat as prices spiked. She says, I think we're in great shape. Other people don't want to believe it. Great shape. GDP declined and inflation topped 8 percent in the first half of the year. Most people and almost every definition until Joe Biden became president call that a recession. Overall prices are up almost 13 percent since Biden took office. Food is up 15 and a half percent. Energy is up 40 percent. Used car prices up 35 percent. More than two thirds of the public believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. The only people who want to believe that the country is in great shape are Democrats who hope that voters will ignore what they are seeing every day and trust Nancy Pelosi. And so she says, what's the Republican plan? They ain't got nothing. That's a long, old, tired talking point. House Republicans have sketched out a plan to deal with inflation if they do retake the House. A big factor is unleashing America's energy potential, something that Trump was doing and Biden attacked and stopped. The GOP also calls for pro-growth tax cuts and deregulation to spur productivity. In other words, they're proposing returning to the policies that worked that worked and were successful under Reagan and Trump. Of course, no matter what Republicans propose, Democrats will dismiss it as not a plan. They got nothing. They don't have a plan. But what's Pelosi's plan? The only things she and her party have offered are price controls that never work, pointless attacks on corporate greed, and the wildly mislabeled Inflation Reduction Act. What's really surprising about Pelosi's claim that this better messaging plan will work for Democrats— is that they've all been trying it for months. Back in June, White House Press Secretary Karin Jean-Pierre was insisting that, quote, when you talk about inflation, it's a global thing and it's not just about the United States. This is something that everyone is feeling because of coming out of a -a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic and of the war that Russia started in the Ukraine, close quote. That was the messaging forever. Biden has tried to blame everyone in the world for our price hikes. He said the Republicans don't have a solution and want to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. And just the other day, Biden claimed the economy was strong as hell as he was chomping down on his ice cream. None of it has worked because the public can see with its own eyes what's happening. For Americans, inflation isn't a messaging problem. It's created a daily struggle to make ends meet. This is something Dana Perino talks about all the time. The Democrats think they have a messaging problem. They don't. They have a merit problem. They have a merits problem. They have a public policy problem. But they don't want to admit it, and they want to keep convincing you we're just like everyone else. I guess that's one way to think about American exceptionalism. Nothing to see here we're just like everyone else, except everyone else is doing better than we are, almost. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Lipsen Show. Joe Biden is the weakest president in modern history, and who knows who's pulling his strings behind the scenes. It all adds up to the economic chaos we were just describing. With inflation running rampant and America in America and a recession, the Biden administration denies. It's time to think about putting more of your investment into gold and other precious metals. And with the only precious metals company I recommend, which is the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned, Midas Gold Group. While stocks and bonds are crashing down 20% since the beginning of the year, gold has held its value, protecting investment and savings and wealth. So I recommend calling the veteran-owned Midas Gold Gold Group to safeguard your savings with investments with physical gold and other precious metals. It's the only precious metals dealer, Seb Gorka, and I use, and thousands of you already know. Give them a call to talk about adding precious metals to your portfolio, 480- Three six zero three thousand that 's four eight zero three six zero three thousand, or check them out online at the midasgolgroup dot com midas dot com We are hoping for many revolutions here in Arizona, and part of that begins in the schools, and um, we have been delighted to promote to you several candidates for school board. Uh, one candidate out um, in Gilbert, Chad Thompson, reached out to me, and I am delighted to highlight him and bring him onto the show today. You can learn more about him at VoteChadThompson.com. That's VoteChadThompson.com. Chad, how are you, sir? Welcome to the show.
4: I'm doing good, Beth. How are you?
1: I'm doing fine. First of all, Thanks for running. These offices are sometimes thankless. They are hard work, but they are some of the most important work. So as a first-time guest, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, Chad, any autobiography you want, and tell us why you're doing what you're doing.
4: Uh, Sure, appreciate that. So uh, I've uh, lived in Gilbert for about 12 years. Me and my wife have been married for 20 years. Uh, We've got four kids in the district, and I own a real estate investment franchise in northern Arizona and a second one in Yuma, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And uh, my passions include uh, spending time with my kids and and grilling things on the barbecue.
1: (laughs) I love that. What do you grill most and best?
4: Uh, you know, I, I actually uh, I like to grind my own hamburger meat uh-huh. and grill my, grill my own hamburgers. It's, uh,
1: you you and I will have to it, do I a cook-off it. one of these days. That would be a lot of fun. That would be
4: fantastic. Why I did you decide
1: that. to run for uh, school board in uh, Gilbert? Or school board, yes.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a good question, and there's kind of a two-part answer. Uh, I initially decided to run because of the way... Uh, things have happened and played out over the last few years. As a parent in the district uh, of four kids, I just felt like parents were being ignored and education was being put on the back burner. Obviously, there were closures and mask mandates and online uh, school and, and it just seemed like, uh, it seemed like our kids were not the priority to our school board. Mm-hmm. But as I've thrown myself into this campaign and I've learned, more uh, about what is coming down the road for our kids. It turned from a campaign of uh, of running because of what has happened to running because what's about to happen. Yeah. And so when you look at things coming down the road, like uh, social emotional learning and mm-hmm. comprehensive sex education, and you lump into that, uh, you know. Through, through different backdoors and channels, critical race theory, and then you, you get into queer theory and gender theory. Our kids are facing a very, very uh, tough time educationally. And it seems like ever since we came back from uh, the COVID uh, lockdowns and the COVID closures, that it seems like our schools have just done everything they can to fill the school day with everything except uh, except academics. Yeah, And so that's why I'm running, is to put academics and our children back in the
1: forefront. Just saying that is now out of step with so much of the mainstream, and it is such common sense. Our schools have become, you're right, in too many cases, uh, playgrounds of social engineering where the last ethic, the last desire, the last concern is how they do academically. Should be the first. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're involving themselves in all kinds of social engineering, it's a lot we're putting on our kids, isn't it? I mean, we are asking a lot of our kids, we're asking them to re examine their sex, we're asking them to re examine their commitment to civil rights, all even as early as five years old, Chad. I mean it's mm-hmm. who thought this this would happen except those of us that study the progressive movement and how the progressive movement implants itself into society, right?
4: That's absolutely right. I've got a six-year-old in first grade, and I was shocked at the beginning of the year to find out that they were taking 20 or 30 minutes once a week to teach social-emotional learning, yeah. skills like uh, how to regulate your emotions and how to how to resolve conflict, things that are skills that kids need, but ultimately skills that should be taught at home. And yeah. when, when teachers are already when teachers are already you, you mentioned that the kids are are overwhelmed yeah and burdened. i think it's the same i think it's the same for teachers our yeah. teachers are being asked yeah. to do too much i mean every year we, that's a great point every year yeah every year we we issue new programs and new curriculums and and the latest and greatest uh you know in electronics and ultimately what all this adds up to is less time during the school day for teachers to prepare lessons and to prepare lesson materials and uh prepare in a way that's gonna ultimately benefit the kids the most. And so I think we need to uh, take some of that burden off of our teachers and it, we need it's to it's a great, our point. Teachers more it's and, a great yeah. point. It's
1: a great point. It's a teacher friendly position. I mean up until around COVID, one of the chief complaints I heard from teachers all the time going back twenty years is they're asking us to do too much. They're asking us to do the work that should be done at home. And then all of a sudden we close our eyes and in the blink of an eye It seems that the parents have lost the rights to control the education and upbringing, moral and otherwise, of their children. And the the ethos of the day, the progressive education movement, is we'll take care of the kids. And damn it, we're going to make the teachers even busier with all kinds of stuff that belongs nowhere in the school. And, by the way, not only are we going to say that the parents aren't doing it at home and burdening us, we're going to conceal it from the parents. Yeah. You know,
4: there's a, a teaching in the Catholic Church that uh, our parents are our first teachers, and nobody knows our kids like our parents. Right. And, and as much as we, as much as our, we love our teachers, as much as our kids love our teachers, they are no substitute for parents. And yep. the classroom is not the environment for teaching things that should be taught at home. We really need to get back to basics. We need to get back to teaching education focusing on academic excellence and I think when we do that I think a lot of the things that our, our students and teachers are dealing with right now will just naturally go away I think we'll resolve some budget concerns by getting rid of some of these things sure. that, that are uh, that are uh, causing a lot of overhead yeah and I think like I said we'll free up the time for teachers which ultimately will benefit our kids our kids just they want to learn yep. they're there to learn that's right and our teachers just want to teach and yep. when we take time you know we've just come out of a our, our children are suffering from a huge learning loss and when we, i mean any minute spent not focused on academics we're we're just doing our children a huge disservice
1: that's exactly right the parent is the uh, students the child's first most important and all but indispensable teacher and i'm glad you're reprioritizing that chad thompson this was a um this was a uh, short visit, but uh, for a big job, sir. So thank you for rolling up your sleeves and getting to it. Po- people, you can help out, Chad, at VoteChadThompson.com. That's VoteChadThompson.com. Chad, thanks for, thanks for doing what you're doing. Appreciate your stopping by.
4: Thank you very much. I appreciate you,
1: Seth. You betcha. I am Seth Leibson, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Debbie Lesko, Congresswoman Debbie Lesko, joining us on a really interesting piece of legislation she's proposing at the top of the next hour. Um, You know, I was thinking about the interview I was doing with uh, Blake Masters uh, that we opened the show up with, and think about these hearings uh, that are going to be so critical. The one that I don't want forgotten is uh, well there's several i don't several issues I don't want forgotten and to let go to sleep or just move on and and uh, and say well, that was that you know um, the interference with the election that involved things like fifty one intelligence officials using their intelligence credentials to state. What they plainly knew they should not be stating, which was the evidence of the Hunter Biden laptop being a Russian disinformation campaign. It was the abuse of intelligence for the purposes of the abuse of politics. They should not have their classified intelligence access anymore. They should not be read into intelligence gathering anymore. They should be stripped. They abused and lorded over with their faux elite, uh, uh, faux elite classified access to intelligence, a political a political shell game against us. a, A political hoax is what it was. They said the Biden laptop was the hoax. You know what the hoax was? The hoax was that they thought and said it was Russian intelligence operation, which was the cover, the cover needed by other media to say we're going to censor that story. People can speculate all day long about fraud in the 2020 or irregularities in the 2020 election. This doesn't require Speculation. We have the exit polls in the swing states. We have the exit polls in the swing states that said people did not know about the Hunter Biden laptop. And if they had, they would not have voted for Joe Biden in numbers strong enough and overwhelmingly strong enough that alone would have given the election to Donald Trump. Democracy is about accountability.